choose to be self-evident that all men are created equal. So when we're marching, protesting, and posting, tell your friends to pull up. Some members of that society, namely black American people, watch how the contract that they have signed with society is not being honored by the society that has forced them to sign it with them. There is no contract if law and people in power don't uphold their end of it. Hello, everybody. Honestly, we have just been chilling here talking and we recorded an episode earlier, so we're totally lost on what number episode this is going to be. Um, so welcome to whatever episode this is on your uh, streaming platform. Today we are talking about um, all about allyship to the Black Lives Matter movement. And before we start this conversation, um, I want to preface it with a few things. First off, Cindy um, and Sarah, you guys know Rachel and I have been with you and we've been hanging out and having conversations and protesting together for the past two weeks or so. Um, but that does not mean that there is not more for the two of us to learn and there's so much more to talk about and so much more to hear from you guys in the black community. Um, so we're really looking forward to this conversation tonight and more conversations that we're going to have. Um, and along those same li lines, I do want to also preface that it is not the responsibility of black people to be educating um, people on how to be a proper ally. Please remain educated on your own time and do your own research, but please also be ready to have these conversations with your black friends and black people in general and listen to what they have to say when they are ready to say it to you. So on that, are we ready to get started? Yeah. Um, one thing I want to say is I'm grateful for Emma and Rachel for being um honestly truly great allies to me during this time especially to the point where you guys have been comfortable enough to start this podcast and ex you know share these vulnerable conversations with the public where sometimes well, you know you guys don't know the right things to say all the time but this is you guys showing up for us and putting yourselves in a vulnerable position to, you know to ultimately help um the movement and i just want to say thank you to you guys for that we love you. Yeah, we love you guys. I would also like to thank you guys. I don't want to sit here and praise you guys on the podcast. I can do that later. But yeah. I do want to say that everything you guys are doing is appreciated. And I love you guys. Yeah. I love you too. I know I can speak for the both me and Emma, but we've been friends for so many years. I know that you both, all of you, would just have my back in an instant. And in something like this situation, I want to be there for you in any way that I can. And in this podcast... I'm excited to learn about the new opportunities that we can do that. And even if, you know, I want to do when I want to know when we're doing something wrong and it's better to speak up and, you know, own up to your mistakes than staying silent. So, yeah, like we've said um, in the intro and just the overall explanation of this podcast, we've already been having a lot of conversations as a group of friends. And that's what kind of sparked creating this podcast. So I think something that's really important as an ally is to 
own up to mistakes and when you're starting to have a conversation, preface it with, if I say something wrong, please tell me. Educating yourself is not just learning more, it's also learning about your mistakes and things that you've said that might hurt somebody um, or things that you just don't know yet. And so I think it's really important to just make sure that you're not only ready to learn more, but ready to learn about something that you might be doing that's wrong. Yeah, like mistakes are the greatest tools for growth and improving yourself if you let them be. Like no one has all the right answers Especially, like, if this is something new for you, you didn't even notice, like, what was happening in this country and all over the world, all this anti-blackness that exists. Like, this is, rocks your world, and this shakes shit up, and if you don't get it right on the first try, like, who could fault you for that? Like, that's not your fault. All you can do is try and be better, and, like, take that mistake that you made and work, and do the work. Yeah. I mean, we'd rather you show up imperfectly than not show up at all. But to jump into some, um, I don't know, discrepancies between the different ways you can um, give your allyship to this movement, I want to talk about the difference between authentic and performative allyship. I'm using uh, a post, actually, made by... I think there it's an Instagram at at Seer Uchkwala. <laughs> I don't know if I said that right. Anyways, we'll tag um, these posts in our Instagram when we release this episode. But first, yeah. You should say the name of our Instagram so the people know. Yeah, in our Instagram at Suburban Real Talk. <laughs> I almost forgot the name of the podcast for a second, but that's okay. So. Let's talk about performative allyship. So, uh, this is characterized um, by a couple things. So, someone who's being performative with their allyship isn't really looking behind, looking beneath the surface of um, their allyship. So, it's more just so people think that um, they're being a true ally. And this is characterized by white fragility, bandwagoning, um, person prioritizing their own benefits in a movement, um, which also can be seen as centering yourself. Um, and this plays into bandwagoning, but participating in allyship because you see other people doing it, um, or maybe you're feeling a little resentful. So do any of you guys have any comments, any of those? I actually have a question about that because I think at the beginning of this, and I know, um, people who definitely feel this way, do you guys think that, like, is there a difference between, because I'm trying to, so social media is playing a big part in this movement. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, this shouldn't be a trend, or, like, I don't want to just post because it's a trend. Do you think there's a difference between performative allyship and posting on Instagram or a similar like do what do you think the connection is between those two and how can you make sure that posting on Instagram is also authentic allyship well I think it's a matter of what you're posting and how you're posting it if you're posting like just a black square and then you like blackout Tuesday and that's really it 
then I'm like, or if you're, out. yeah, or if you're posting pictures of you looking cute at a protest. Like I saw a picture, I saw a video of this girl done up, like a dress and everything, and I was like, who are you wearing from? In those heels? Like I just, heels? yeah, no heels. Like the girl was ready. Ready yeah. for the streets? Like I just I don't <laughs> understand. Like, do you not know people are getting tear gassed out there? Why are you wearing a full face of makeup? So like that's very performative, performative in my eyes. But if you're out there trying to like link things to black businesses or bringing up real issues, even if you're posting like videos of things that are happening, which I have little, I have things to say about certain videos, but like. I think it's like kind of blatant. I'm um, to play to build off of that, Sydney. Um, I also think this performative allyship can be seen from certain companies. Like I think some companies recognize that people demand justice and will play off of that to get people to you know support their business. And honestly, that's upsetting, but also just capitalism <laughs> when it comes down to it. But I just wanted to throw that in there. Can I quickly just... I would like to call it a specific business. Yeah, please. Can I just call out Amazon for doing that? Amazon did that. When, again, as mentioned in other videos, I don't know the order of how they're going to come out. So maybe it's not again for y'all. But they do use prison labor for their products in Whole Foods, so... Yeah, they own Whole Foods. Yeah. Whole Foods uses it. Amazon uses it. And I did see that thing about their performative allyship like just donate a billion dollars or something like you guys have hundreds of billions of dollars trillions of dollars yeah so you could do something for sure um i have two points kind of questions so i know one thing that i've tried to do as this movement continues is if i find something on social media that has helped me grow or has helped me educate myself a little bit more i try to share that because i'm like well this helped me learn a little bit more about the movement in general and the history of, for example, mass incarceration in America or just something about being an ally. And I like to share that. Like, do you guys think that, like, that's a, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think that definitely is an authentic way to display your allyship. I also, when it comes to posting on social media, I mean, there's people who don't see their social media platforms as, like, one that they should speak out on. Um, And I'm not going to tell people how they should post on their own social Mm -hmm. media platforms, but I do think it is an amazing tool to really spread your word. And it's literally so easy to just share a post. You know, they're all, like, Mm -hmm. people are flooding their stories with them. I know daily I'm flooding my stories with them, and I hope that if someone sees something that resonates with them, then they share it because I think that's ultimately going to, you know, spread this chain of impactfulness. So yeah, there are people who post things just to post things, but I, I like how you see something that touches you and compels you to share it because I think that's, you know, you like trying to reach someone in a way that you felt you were reached. Recently, a lot of groups have been posting, you know, they don't condone racism at all. But then you see videos of girls singing and shouting out racial slurs that are just inappropriate. And you see their icons 
and all their pictures in the background, which kind of associates everyone within that organization to what this video is being brought out. So it's kind of like, how are you going to say that you don't condone all these things? And then you, you see a video of this the next. It's kind of like disgusting to me. Yeah. It's just like your words have no value. I don't know. It's performative. That's 100% performative. And I think it's important to be able to tell the difference between the two. So to build off on that, can I um, share some aspects of authentic allyship? Of course. All right. So, well, can you guys guess any? What do you think would be, make some, like, be a, a characteristic of authentic allyship? I know this might be hard to guess, but. I feel like one would be like checking in on your like black friends and yeah yeah no definitely did you not say some of the i said the authentic things ones, but i haven't said any authentic you ones didn't yet. okay not like relative to this post at least ah okay i don't know i would say using your platform to support different organizations like there's so many different ways you can raise money yeah if your platform is big enough like emma said supporting your friends but what are yeah yeah sharing your platform like if you have the power to reach a bunch of people letting people of color black people people active in the movement use your platform to reach those people Mm -hmm. i feel like another one could be like recognizing like if you're white like what you're like how your skin color has allowed you to progress in society in a specific way, like recognizing white supremacy, like superiority and yeah. like white privilege yeah. and all of that. And like realizing that you're, if you are white, you're not immune to that. Yeah. A hundred percent. And whether even, your life is hard or not. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's not re- It's like recognizing it, but also like working against it. And also recognizing, like, it's not about you. Yeah. You know, like, it, like we'll talk a little bit, um, I think, when we start talking about white fragility. Like, we'll start to pick apart that. Mm-hmm. But any other guesses before I start listing them, listing them off? Definitely educating yourself before making all these bold statements and yeah. talking to your friends. Don't oh. never make assumptions. Always... Educate yourself about the topic before you go out spreading all this information, false information, and your opinions. I was going to say opening your purse, handing out some money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, Rachel brought the Trulies for today, so I call that some good allyship. (laughs) That's reparations right there. (laughs) There Okay. Um, But yeah, the education one is pretty, you know, when Emma was talking about, like, what being an ally is to her... You know, like, that's exactly what she brought up, too. Like, I think you guys nailed a lot of these. But just to bring up some more, empathy, like, feelings of empathy, grief, and outrage, which I have seen Emma and Rachel feel, you know, in our conversations about this, where we get, like, really raw and emotional, and you're taking risks, holding yourself and others accountable. Um, You have no concern for your quote-unquote brand. You're examining your own privilege and using it to help. Um, you're sitting with discomfort. You're not virtue signaling or take 
uh, you're and you're taking real action and you're committed to anti-racist work. Yeah, I think a lot of those like being uncomfortable, like if you're not uncomfortable about what's going on, I I don't know what to say. You're not you're you not listening. Be. Yeah, you're not you listening. You should be uncomfortable and like white people are going to be uncomfortable in a different way than black people are, but, like, it should be the same overall uncomfort with what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is, like, I'm sure we've already said it before in our other podcasts, but this is not a political issue. Like, this is human rights, and, like, we're all human beings. I also think another thing that was on that list, I don't know exactly how it was worded, but, like, having these conversations with people who don't necessarily agree with you, like... The four of us, our conversations are raw, real, and emotional, but we also have the underlying thing that, you know, we're all agreeing on this, mm-hmm. but, like, there are people who not, not you're not on the same page with everything with, and I think a huge part of being an ally, an authentic ally, is, you know, spreading this information to people who aren't on the same page as you. Yeah, and honestly, if you're afraid to speak up because you you think it'll ruin your aesthetic or you're afraid that some of your friends will drop you, you don't need them, sis. Like, yeah. That's crazy. If your brand is racism, <laughs> yeah. that's so wild. Yeah, like, just, think about it. Like, think about it deeper. Yeah, you're like, brand oh. is racism. Yeah, like, but like, it's like not you... even off-white. It's just white. But yeah, for you to be like, ooh, saying Black Lives Matter is like... Like, off-brand. Like, your brand is racist. Yeah, <laughs> literally, that's literally true. Uh, I've seen so many people from our town that just will unfollow me or something. I'm like, I'm so glad we bye. got out of the rain, out of the way and I can just see your true colors. Like, yeah. bye. Thank you. Yeah. It really sucks to, like, see people's true colors. And there's a lot of people where I'm like, I kind of been new on you. Yeah, but, like, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. But redacted, redacted, <laughs> redacted. I've been new on you. I saw it the whole time. It wasn't. It didn't hurt, but it does hurt for some other people. But on the other flip side, it has been so good, and so, what's the word? Like it gives me hope. How many people have contacted me and friends have reached out and friends who I haven't spoken to, in so long, who are genuinely worried about me and want to check in with me, or even ask me how to check in and be a good friend for their other black friends, like, that has given me hope, and made me, like, remember that, like, yes, like, my life is still filled with love, even though, like, all this negative, hateful shit still happens every day. And while I also have a lot of hope, but I, I mean, this, if I'm going to be honest, this Time has been really rough for my family and we've been really emotional and on edge and you know just crying a lot <laughs> and I love the support I've seen and received from my close friends but I also like Sydney said like you see some people's true colors and it just kind of hurts my heart even more to know that like some people maybe don't understand this or don't know how to, like, demonstrate, you know, their, like, human empathy or care. And I know that it plays into how the media portrays black people and 
how it's de- systematically dehumanized people and how people who live in white suburbs are so distant, feel so distant from these issues. But when it comes down to it, like when me and my family have to see these videos of black people getting killed in the street, you know, it just tears us down every time. And it kills to think that while I have like so many close friends who care and check in on me and do what they can, there's also, you know, those close friends I have who don't really see this as an issue relevant to them. I feel like a lot of white people are so triggered by the word or the phrase white privilege because they all of a sudden feel like they need to snap back with like all of the tough things that they face in their life but it's like all all you need to do is realize that it has nothing to do with your life and and the troubles that you face in your life it's literally just about your troubles that you face in your life were not because of the color of your skin like I, I don't know I just I find it crazy to think that it takes more than just that little explanation to get people to, like, understand it and not be so triggered by that. Like, I, I don't know. So, Emma, in response to that, I feel like when you said white people get so offended by the, priv- by the idea of white privilege, I think that speaks back into white fragility, which we talked about earlier. Do you guys know what white fragility is? Is that not what we just watched before this? Yeah, okay. I was trying to have just a nice conversation about it. <laughs> you guys have been like, yeah, I think I've heard about it before. But no, okay. we, we, I thought no. we prepped for a reason. <laughs> well, I, even though I watched the video, I still don't know completely what There's it is. But it, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think you have like a pretty good understanding of it. But what it really gets at is that when white people have to recognize that they're white and that that comes with privilege... Um, that's something hard for them to recognize. It's like all of a sudden their race has something to do with their life. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Holy shit! What? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's literally what it is. And so if someone... <laughs> Imagine that. Wow! <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, my life is going great, so why do I care to help yeah. other people? Yeah, or like... I don't want to recognize that, like, I potentially have been benefited my whole... Like, people want to think that they've worked hard for everything they have. And people don't want to think that other people who work hard don't get what they work hard for. But when it comes down to it, like, American society does not work that way. Actually, like, this was probably over a year ago. But I stumbled upon... um, It was actually a white woman explaining this. But I just remember this story because I feel like a lot of people... White people are like, like, black people don't like me because I'm white. And I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, they think, like, oh, like, they just, like, automatically think I'm going to be, like, a shitty person. Yeah. And I saw this video of this woman speaking, and she was like, here's an example for you. Say, say somebody gets attacked by a dog, and now they're, they got hurt physically or mentally by this dog, and they're really freaked out about it. They're going to warn their children, hey... Just be careful, like, around dogs because I got really hurt by a dog once. So now their kid's like, okay, I'm just, like, a little bit weary of, like, dogs. Weary of dogs because, like, I know that they've hurt people that I love. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just feel like 
Like, does that make sense to you guys? Because, like, I just heard that once, and, like, I've never really talked about it or, like, heard about that with anybody, and, like, it could be totally false, but... Like, with how people... How people pass down racism? Is that... Like, like I'm talking about, like... Like, white people are so afraid to be, like... Like, uh, they just think they're so... Like, they're, they're like, oh, like, everybody hates us uh, because... Like, someone could be, like, such a good person, but they're just, the like, The white afraid. people are the dogs. The white people are the dogs. <laughs> I was just, like, confused about the dog. Sorry. I was thinking it was a golden retriever. Uh, no, no, it's just about, like... And then all of a sudden, dogs are... Like, people are just kind of scared of dogs because people they love got hurt. Yeah. And that's the same thing. Like, yeah. black people are, like, sometimes weary of white people because, like, well, how do you know if they're not going to... Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. just because of that like, one, like, single experience makes, like, everything yeah. else. And the thing and is, like, like, that's all an black example people hate her. of one person getting attacked by a dog. Like, black people have been under attack by white people for a really, really long time. Uh-huh. So, like, to be a little bit hesitant, I feel like is not like it's justified. So and yeah. I feel like that's an example of white fragility is like somebody's like take oh, that. Oh well, like they just like hate me. You know, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. No, I think I never thought of it that way before. Yeah, that's actually a good example. I like that. Sorry to confuse you about the dog. I mean, I, yeah, I got a little lost there, but you know, we wrap, we got it back on track. <laughs> but like, do you guys think? Because like, also like, I don't know. Like, do you guys think, I think that, that that's true? Yeah, I mean the fact that she's like all black people hate me. And, like, can't acknowledge the underlying, like, you know, doesn't look deeper than that. So let's talk about some characteristics that, um, de- that, like, char- that define or characterize white fragility. Authentic ally would be, so they feel fear, shame, guilt, discomfort. I was going to say, where do you, like, I, I'm actually curious about where you guys think that guilt plays into this. Because do you think it's necessarily wrong and I'm like truly asking this question Mm -hmm. like do you think it's necessarily wrong for a white person to feel guilty about everything that's going on in like their maybe just their own like private way I don't think it's wrong for white people to feel guilty at all I think it's useless I don't see how your guilt helps unless you're doing something like that's like fine like I get it like I feel guilty about other ways that I benefit and I'm privileged. So I like completely understand it, but like work to do something about it. Like, mm-hmm. cause like, especially don't tell me, I don't care. Yeah. Like I have other shit to worry about besides <laughs> your guilt. So like, so just do like, something. If you're feeling guilty, like keep it to yourself and, and you can like you... talk to your white friends about it if okay. you want. Like okay. that's like who you need to work through it. But like, please do not friends. bring me and my black ass into like working through that. Like that's not my business. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry <laughs> like, that you benefited. So, oh my god! Did I send you guys a photo of all those white people and the thing with the with the shirts that were like enslaved and they were like so sorry. <laughs> I saw the one. I saw something of like. There were white people, like, sh- washing black people's feet at a protest. What? Something, and someone, someone, like, tweeted it and was like, okay, it's getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was a black girl who, quote, tweeted it that's and said that. That's literally white guilt. So, like, it's Let's just... Let's do it something about it, low-key. <laughs> so, it's better to just, like, if you're feeling guilty, like... So, do you th- people should, like... Definitely like, should you. feel guilty, though. Right? I you mean, know, I think it's natural to feel guilty, but it's like your black friends right now are experiencing so much that I think the last thing they need on their plate is your white guilt. Okay. Yeah, because like, then it's yeah. like, what are you supposed to say? Yeah, I'm going to be like, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, you, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't be like, I 
forgive you. Yeah, they're there. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not, you're right, it's right, you're right. Like, it, our shoulders, like, are for you guys to cry on, like, not vice versa. Mm-hmm. In this moment, for this movement, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, my shoulder is always for you to cry on, honestly, when it comes down to it. But I know that this is, this is some different stuff we got going on. I'm not going to lie, my shoulder not might not be open for this That's one. Right. <laughs> like, for this specific issue, other than that, like, come I mean, on. Do you feel, how do you, do you feel, like, a lot of white guilt? Um, n- no, I wouldn't use the word guilt. Okay. That's Necess- good because I feel like necessarily I don't know. Do you yeah. think that way, Rachel? Also, everyone is born the way they are. No one's choosing to be to have a certain skin color, and I think unless you're Kylie Jenner, yeah, right, <laughs> girl. <laughs> no, you get me started on the the race figure. <laughs> That's the thing, but obviously we're doing everything we can to understand what other people are feeling. Yeah. I I wouldn't say guilt, but I just have empathy and sad. I feel yeah, sadness. Yeah, sad, sadness and like I want to help. Like sometimes yeah. like I I'm, I'm going to be completely honest right now. Like there are moments where I do feel a little helpless, mm-hmm. but only because I just I feel like I want so badly to do so many things that it's not possible for anyone to do at once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel so strongly that I want to try to take matters into my hands as an ally and, like, support and, like, give my black friends and their families a break, you know? Like, especially right now, like, you guys have, um, like, uh, not acknowledged, but you guys have, like, said to us, like, that you're feeling tired. Like physically and emotionally worn down and like you've expressed that's the word expressed that to us and I've heard other people who I'm not necessarily as close to but I've heard them say the same thing and it's like I think it's our place like me and Rachel and other allies to step up mm-hmm. right now and like that I, th- I feel like that's what I'm feeling if that makes any mm-hmm. sense yeah I agree and, and it's just frustrating that we want to do so many things and we have all these great ideas, but sometimes it feels like our voices are so small and, and that's why I feel like we have to, you have like, you have to gang together as like Mm -hmm. big group. You have to get so many people involved in this movement because then one small voice can turn into thousands of voices. That's the motherfucking outlook. Yeah. Yeah. And if there's anything I can ask of you guys as, you know, my little white allies. <laughs> and hey, I was going to say, like, minion. minions. Okay, well, you said you needed yeah, someone yeah. to pick on, and Rachel was it, so. <laughs> what? <laughs> Remember the intro episode? You were like, oh, I needed someone. I need, yeah, you're right, you're right. Okay, sorry, Rachel. Rachel is taller than me. She's taller than all of us, if you can tell from the thing. But, like, a pretty decent amount. They're picturing, like, a giraffe on the How screen. tall are you? I'm 5'11". 5'11", like, I'm the second tallest, and I'm 5'6". <laughs> I'm the shortest and I'm 5'5 five five. <laughs> I'm about 5'5 five five. If we're gonna be technical 5'5 five five and a half So I guess I'm five Sweet sweet half quarter. inch you have over me And it hurts <laughs> And I always have my hair up in a bun So that definitely Okay well when Cindy has the fro out Alright Okay wait We'll go back to back another time <laughs> <laughs> Okay here's What I'm gonna say If I can ask anything Of my white 
friends in this time. It's like, please, I know that you have your own personal life, but it's do what you can, you know, get your friends who are on the fence involved, get your friends who think this doesn't affect them, reading some stuff, looking at some stuff and involved like this. I don't want to see another hashtag for another dead black man or woman ever again. You know, like we can do something Bad. now. And I know you two have been continuously educating yourselves and you guys already have learned so much and we've been having such amazing conversations. And I know you guys have been entrusting in me about like how you've been feeling about other people who you feel like you guys can reach. And I love that. And like, that's the exhausting work that, I'm tired of doing and I'm sure Sydney's tired of doing. Sydney, do you have like a, anything that you, the one thing or your biggest things that you would want to ask of your allies? Show up. And show up for us. Do the work, please. Like we, like I just think like if you're like complaining how hard it is to get through to your racist dad or uncle or mom or grandma, cousin, brother, baby, like, baby. <laughs> I don't know. Remember hamster. Remember? No, I don't want to. I don't want to put at the move at the protest. I don't want to put too much business out on the podcast. But I know that one of you had an experience with a baby who was oh, kind of racist. Remember the kid I used to babysit. Yeah. Okay, that was not a baby. That was she like was a like four year old. Yeah, she was like literally five. Okay, but like. What can yeah. they do at five, baby? Yeah, I, try, <laughs> I try talking to her, but that shit was tired. Yeah, like, I also, like, on that point, I think it's really important how you, like, children, yeah, they're young, but, like, they need to learn about this. Mm-hmm. And there are ways that you can, like, word these things and shape these things into, like, being understood in a child's mind. But, like, be weary of things you say around children. Yeah, wait, shameless plug. If you need resources to talk to your children about race, you can go to DearNeighborBLM.org and there is a list of resources to talk to children specifically about race and racial violence. So continue. Yes, but like if you think it's so hard as a white person to talk to your, or even non-black person, to your racist family members, imagine how hard it is for me as a black lady to be like, hey, stop being racist. They're not going to listen to me yeah, more than they're yeah. not going to listen to you. Like, you are going to have to do that work. Especially, like, if it's, I don't know, if it's my own family, I want to do that work with them. Because I don't want to have to cancel my own grandma. But I will if I have to. <laughs> Is your, your grandma, do you feel like you have a lot of racist family, Sid? Well, I don't know if you can say full-on racist. Because just because how racism works, it's structural yes, yes. and institutional I mean, like, like we don't have the power on the individual level. to be racist but like on the individual la- races yeah yeah me too yeah like my grandma doesn't think she's black what do you mean Maiv doesn't think she's black i don't know what to tell she Maiv. literally doesn't think she's black what? she i have cape verdians <laughs> are notorious for thinking they're white what yeah it's a huge thing we can talk about this another episode because it is a huge thing like how yeah are you like yeah a hundred percent i mean i'm always gonna call out people for denying their blackness i'm comfortable my grandma's not gonna listen to this podcast and i love her i love her to death i love her but she doesn't even speak english like she's not gonna listen to this shit (laughs) (laughs) but yeah we can also get this into it but i was gonna say even beyonce doesn't she like lighten her 
every so many people lighten their skin yeah. so many people it's like yeah. so the thing is it's internalized racism yeah. yeah and like we can talk a whole i think maybe we should save that for another time where we really dig into that because it's so complex and just hard to understand and grapple with but it is in the like i have family members who think they're not black and it's sad it's really sad like my grandma loves okay so i have my boyfriend is white and my grandma loves him. And my sister's boyfriend was dark-skinned black man. And she just didn't like him. And it was so clear that, you know, she like, had uh, barely known any of them. Yeah, and she can't just, speak to them. It was because of her own personal racial bias. And That's it's just, crazy yeah, to me. I yeah. never knew that. I didn't know that either. Yeah, and it's like, to grow up around that too, it just... Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Anti-blackness is so prevalent. And in my family, you've seen my family. They're much darker than, like, the majority of, at least the people I've met of your family. But they will still say crazy shit. And, like, just, like, such anti-black stuff. And they'll, especially against, like, black Americans. Like, people yeah, who are thinking they're different. Yeah, they're like, we're different because we're Jamaicans and we're immigrated and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm telling you, Mr. Officer has no idea that you immigrated here. He doesn't care. He sees black person... It does not matter. Like, you need to understand why you think like this and, like, understand that it's the white man. It's the British who put this shit into your mind while you hate yourself and hate people who look like you so much. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I get it because, God, did I fucking hate myself when I was little. I hated myself so mm-hmm. much. I hated the way I looked. I did not want to go outside because I did not want to get any darker. But, like, you have to unlearn that. And I'm not going to pretend that I'm fully above it. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, a process of every day being like, nah, it's because they told me I'm worthless. I'm not worthless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You a bad bitch. I am a bad bitch. Yeah, you are. Thank you. They better Say recognize. I am a bad mm-hmm. bitch. You're yeah. beautiful. Sorry, America. Yeah, you are gorgeous. No, now you got to say Say I'm beautiful. I'm beautiful. Say my blackness is valid. My blackness is valid. Okay, Emma and Rachel say Sydney's blackness, <laughs> is, Sydney's blackness, Sydney's blackness is, valid. is valid. No, you say you're beautiful and your blackness is valid. <laughs> we all say it. We're getting, we're getting out of hand now. Well, I do. I, I think right now is actually a good time to preface something that we do want to make sure that all listeners are aware of. Um, we are, I mean, we've said it so many times. Like, we are best friends and we've already set the boundary on like um well boundaries on like what we can joke about and what we can't and like when is the most appropriate time to joke and like you see in that situation like Sydney just got like really serious and deep and like she led into the spot of like when we could start laughing about it you know and so I think it's really important that if you're having this conversation with say a black colleague or classmate or just a friend who you're not necessarily as close with Please don't just start, like, cracking jokes because it Mm -hmm. can offend people. Rachel and I have laid the line really early about please stop us if anything is ever getting offensive or rude or wrong. And so the four of us have that boundary together. But, you know, we are saying that we're trying to set an example through these conversations. And I just think it's important to remember that. Set boundaries before you have these conversations or just understand yourself. You know, Mm -hmm. what is your level of friendship with these people or, like... You know, do you guys joke about stuff from time to time? And if you do get called out, do not be defensive. Do not show your white fragility. Apologize, own it, and do better. Because people make mistakes. 
but what makes the difference is are you going to learn from it or are you going to let it bitter you? Period. Yeah. I don't know. So often with, like, racial stuff, like, oh, it was just a joke and, like, shit gets, like, pushed under the rug that way or just, like, blows up even more because, like, someone made a joke and, like, didn't understand the boundaries. Like, I just think it's very important, like you were saying, to recognize other people's boundaries and just, like, if you're going to make a racial joke, just take a pause, take a beat, think about it. (laughs) That's all I'm asking. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah, is it, one, is it funny? Because 99% of the time it's, it's not. not funny. <laughs> and two, like, should I, do I know this person? Should no, I be making this yeah. joke? Yeah, like, we know each other and we know boundaries and lines and, like, what we can joke about lightly. And, like, it's all with the preface that, like, behind any jokes or silliness, like, we are all super serious about this. So that's just something that we want to preface. Yeah. Okay, so I think um, on that, we are going to end this episode for today. There's definitely a lot more about allyship that we could talk about, and I think with that, please write into us. Um, if you have any questions, if you're an ally and you have any questions that you want answered, or if you are a black person and you have anything that you want to um say to allies or say about this in general it's up to your own discretion we are not expecting anything um, from anyone about this and we know there's a lot more there's so many resources that you can learn about allyship we're going to post the resources that we gained information from for this episode but this was just a small conversation that uh, feeds into a much larger conversation about allyship in this situation Yeah, and just to reiterate, you can send those questions, comments, anything to our Gmail, uh, suburbanrealtalk at gmail.com. You can also check out dearneighborblm.org for any resources to educate yourself. There's a whole bunch um, listed there. And follow us on Instagram at suburbanrealtalk. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thank you. I love you. (laughs) Stay safe.